0: analytics in baseball and how it changed the game i think ai has the same sort of opportunity in financial services to change the financial services game in regards to interacting with clients and how to do business in a better way
1: for monday february 3rd 2020 this is episode 62 amit dogra voice ai and finance alexa at sanctuary wealth Amit is the chief experience officer at Sanctuary Wealth, which reached $10 billion in AUA, assets under advisement, within 15 months after its 2018 founding. Sanctuary is a partner-owned firm that brings together an elite group of wealth advisors. Amit and I talked about Sanctuary's unveiling of their Alexa skills and what it means for their business. Voice is symbolic of more than just embracing new technology. We also touched on the future of AI and voice in financial services and why it matters. Welcome to the Beatle Moment Marketing Podcast, an exploration of marketing and business with a focus on emerging technology and voice. I'm your host, Emily Binder, and I make this for you. It's time to crawl in. Hello, this is Emily Binder. I'm here with my guest, Amit Dogra, Sanctuary Wealth's Chief Experience Officer. Amit is a nationally recognized executive, industry thought leader, and frequent contributor to outlets such as Yahoo Finance, FinancialPlanning.com, CityWire, and more in the financial services industry. Prior to joining Sanctuary in 2019, Amit served as CEO of Third Seven Advisors, a national advisory firm that provides services and solutions to both RIAs and family offices. Previously, he was Managing Director for Hightower Advisors, where he was responsible for overseeing more than 175 advisors, representing $35 billion in assets under management. Hi, Amit. Thanks for being here.
0: Thanks for having me, Emily.
1: You're welcome. So the CXO, or Chief Experience Officer, role is not one that you see often in the financial services industry. And I'd love for you to tell us a bit about your background and what you do at Sanctuary Wealth.
0: Yeah, and and again thanks for the question and and for having me on today. You know, one of the things that here at Sanctuary Wealth we were committed to doing was creating a different experience both for advisors and for advisors clients and and the CXO, the chief experience officer title goes hand in hand with that. And what we're really focused on at Sanctuary Wealth is giving quality advisors who are trapped at these wirehouse organizations, large banks, um, where they're forced to be more concerned with what shareholders are interested in as opposed to the end client. And that is something that at Sanctuary we're completely focused on, is making sure that the, the advisor has a great opportunity to provide the best services and technology and client experience without having to sacrifice any of those things and be beholden to big corporate America and earnings rate earnings sheets per se. So that's, that's where Sanctuary was built. Our executive team came out of those big bank industries and knew what was wrong with it and wanted to create a culture that was anti-Wall Street and anti-Big Bank and more intimate and much more partner-oriented, servant leadership focused. And, and that's where Sanctuary Wealth comes from. The Chief Experience Officer is meant to help bring that to life, and I'm focused on three things, culture, growth, and innovation. And so that's where we try to make it a reality instead of just something that sounds really great in an interview.
1: (laughs) Making it a reality. So what is it about corporate or the Wall Street MO where the client experience suffers that you've seen that, that is a problem in the industry?
0: When it, when you think about what's going on in in a lot of those big banks, you know we we even saw it recently with a wirehouse where everything is about hitting targets and and when you're talking about hitting numbers, you're forgetting about where the numbers are attributed to and, and they're attributed to the clients, the people walking in the banks or call, or talking to advisors or whatever it might be. So instead of it being a client centric model, it's been a results-driven model in the sense of how many products and services can we sell to an individual. Um, you know, the whole sort of scandal was around creating fictitious bank accounts for clients. And, and that was because somebody dreamt up some sort of scenario that a clients, you needed to increase the number of checking accounts um, sold to end clients. So people were forced to come up with a way to hit their numbers by creating fictitious accounts. Therein lies an inherent problem that we're not talking about service anymore. We're talking about product and we're talking about raising profitability. And the minute you forget that the client is at the center of the hub and spoke model, bad things start to happen.
1: Absolutely. I guess you could look at Amazon as a company that is diehard customer first, no matter what. I was at a voice conference this week and we were talking about how Amazon puts the customer before retailers, third-party sellers, even content creators for Alexa skills. And that kind of customer first mentality ultimately does make your business more successful, I guess. Like those are the results, right?
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, let's just use a, a real sort of silly example about how Amazon does it. We just finished the holiday season and um, you know, I, I, I personally got a package delivered to me that was not exactly what I was looking for. And uh, contacted Amazon very easily online. They said, "Keep it. We'll send you a new one." And I had one in less than 24 hours, and I didn't have to worry about the shipping experience of sending it back and and repackaging and all the kind of craziness. I just got a new package of what I wanted in less than 24 hours. That's that's putting that's client centric,
1: completely. And it's quite the expectation that we've come to consider normal, which is a challenge for so many other businesses. I mean, who can keep up with that? For sure. So, you know, speaking of Amazon and Alexa, the reason that you and I first connected is, of course, regarding voice and Alexa. So tell me about Sanctuary's Alexa skill announcement this fall. What are you doing with voice? Why was this an important step for your business?
0: Yeah, really excited about it. And Yeah, as I said, in the role of the Cxo, I'm focused on three things: culture, innovation, and growth. And as an industry, financial services is a little bit slow to adopt new technology and embrace the the ever changing world of innovation. Um, It's something that was a main draw to me coming to Sanctuary was the ability to engage, interact, explore all kinds of new technology that's out there that's that's not even that new anymore. (laughs) And and the uh, the the Alexa device. Was one of those things that seems such an easy sort of integration tool to be utilized by advisors, and we're looking at it in two ways, right? B two B and B two C, meaning how can the Sanctuary Wealth corporate folks interact with the Sanctuary Wealth partner advisors, as well as how can our partner advisors interact with their end client? And so, the, the demographic of advisors is is one. Excuse me, the demographic of advisors here at Sanctuary is a little bit younger than the industry average. We have just been able to attract advisors who are maybe tail end, or I'm sorry, the early stage of baby boomers or more Gen X, as opposed to being mid to late stage boomers. And as a result of that, they're open to embracing this type of technology. So my goal was to, at our first national event called Oasis, uh, for our advisors was to, Deploy some of this new innovative technology to start to make it a staple of what we do, and the easiest way to look at this was especially when you look at some of the utilization of uh, Alexa devices or smart smart devices like that. It was a most people have them in this ha- in their households, a majority of folks. So it seemed like a very natural sort of step. So when we launched it, we created our own skills that allowed us to interact with our advisors in a way where we could share everything from corporate announcements. Tomorrow's the last day to enroll in benefits to seasonal greetings, happy holidays to major announcements from our CEO or changes that are going on or the ability to just interact in a different sort of medium Where from uh, advisor to advisor, advisor to corporate staff, any way, shape, or form to create community, to create connectivity, and to leverage innovation that already exists today. So we've dipped our toe in the water in that regard, but we're already working with some of our partners in the industry to make it a much more integrated tool for the advisor to work with their. Uh, and their clients. Uh, and so they'll be able to share information back and forth about what's going on in their financial services world and in their wealth management life. So super excited about what we've been able to do and what's coming.
1: Oh, yeah. That that sounds really useful. And I think the B2B and the B2C, kind of the right and the left hand, uh, make a lot of sense for what you're trying to accomplish. So you mentioned that this is a tool that corporate, if you call it that, could use to communicate with individual advisors, what would be an example? If if I'm an advisor uh, with Sanctuary, how do I use the skill?
0: So you can do anything from saying, um, uh, Alexa, call Amit. And it will say, call Amit and it'll ask you, do you want Amit Cell or Amit Mobile, or I'm sorry, Amit Mobile or Amit Office, and, and you'll go ahead and select it and you'll go ahead and call. So you can go ahead and interact with me, go ahead and make a phone call that way. You'll also be able to call other advisors. So Alexa, call Emily. I'll be able to go ahead and do that as well. So you'll be able to pull up that information. You'll also be able to get corporate inter- information like uh, contact information, say um, uh, Alexa. Tell me where Amit Dogra is located, and it'll give you my office address. It'll also provide corporate updates. So we we do on a monthly basis a a all hands call, and you'll be able to access the archive. So if you missed the call live time, you can also do that and say Alexa play. Uh, Sanctuary Wealth corporate update, and you'll go ahead and be able to get the last corporate update. So all those types of things are out there right now and available. We're already in process with developers to continuously add to those sort of skills. And what's also interesting is we're looking at the uh, Echo devices to go ahead and use some of the um, FaceTime calling type features, if you will, through that device. So we're excited that we'll be able to do that in short order here as well.
1: Okay, that's great. I mean, just the simple directory features and internal just company information. That's, that's more seamless. Someone can access it by voice. I, I can see completely like that's a great first step. Even if it's just that it's still it saves people time. And it's convenient. Um, I mean, that's, that's good. So
0: yeah, we're excited about the Echo show portion of it as well, because now it's going to create the ability to just see each other and talk as well. So um, I don't think the advisors were thinking of that because instead of uh, deploying the original sort of uh, like echoes or the towers or the dots, we gave them the echo shows knowing that we're going to be able to go ahead and um, do sort of the video conferencing on it. So that's a feature that they don't even realize is sitting in their office, which will be really neat.
1: Oh, well, that's so smart. I mean, what I've seen in the voice space is obviously the dot was kind of the entry-level smart speaker that everybody had because it was $30, but people people don't use them as much because it doesn't have that multimodal component. And the Echo Show 5 came out at that $50 price point in July. That's mm-hmm. huge. And you know Amazon did that for a good reason because what is successful in voice, oftentimes it's going to
0: require a multimodal
1: component. Completely. Like you're talking video conferencing. So did you do the Echo Show 5, kind of that smaller screen, or... Is so it the larger you, one?
0: No, correct. You got to Echo Show Five because when we started, when I started to do my research, we were going to do the towers, and and you know the way Amazon's built it, the towers tend to be a little bit more expensive um, because they have a different sort of feature set and what utilization, right? So, but the Show Five just seems so intriguing to go ahead and create that multimodal interaction that I jumped at it, and that's and that's the direction we went.
1: Mm, that's very smart. so, so, what have been the results so far? Are people adopting it? Um, have you gotten any interesting or useful feedback? Maybe things you hadn't thought of that people have said, "Oh, what if it did this?
0: Well, you know you you deploy some of these things, especially in our industry, which tends to be a little bit conservative, and you hold your breath because you're not sure what the actual utilization is going to be and what we found was after we deployed it and we sent the instructions on, on how to secure it and and utilize it in our in our sanctuary wealth community it was really clear that the utilization was greater than I ever thought it would be. Now, we had deployed this in mid to November. We were right on the heels of the holiday season, so I didn't know what people were going to do. But what we found out was because we had just had our national conference Oasis and people were excited, they were utilizing it just what you would hope for in a, in a way to kind of continuously to interact with each other and build community using technology. And they were they didn't even worry about the fact that it wasn't multimodal, they were using it in a, in a, in the voice capacity and they used it all for our call because our, our, our all hands call are uh, on in December as we, f- we planned on setting up the calendar that way. And many of them used it for replay. They said, Hey, it was great because I never want to miss these calls. And knowing that I had it available to me, gave me a lot of comfort. And so we got a little utilization. We got a lot of both um, anecdotal utilization and statistical utilization of people utilizing it. So they're already asking for, hey, what's next? When can I use it with my clients, et cetera, et cetera? So overwhelming uh, re- positive response uh, from this. And you know it, it was probably a bigger um, success than we may have even initially anticipated.
1: Oh, that's great. I, it sounds like giving people the devices and supplying the instructions helps because there's just there's no barrier to entry at that point. But when you when you are relying on someone else to figure out how to use it or even how to enable a skill for people that aren't familiar yet, because this is this is a new habit formation, it's a new way to interact with technology. So
0: Emily, the you fact, nailed it. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, like, no, no, I go love, ahead.
0: No, I just I, you just that point became so was sort of the genesis for this was giving them a new way to think and interact instead of just. Thinking of the old ways, and and it became really important for us for innovation because part of my job uh, is to we we know that uh, advisors are leaving the wirehouses and and the banking industry because they're tired of where they are, and they choose Sanctuary Wealth because we're a great place to be. But my number one goal is to make sure I'm giving them a reason to continuously stay, and and getting them to utilize technology in a way that they haven't in their business creates that stickiness, that glue factor that. That really resonates with them and resonates with us, and they and they'll say, "Wow, why would I ever leave this place? They're we're doing they're doing things different than I could even possibly imagine." So, you you, you hit the nail right on the head for the sort of cre- the creation of my role and what we're trying to do.
1: Oh well, good. That's what I try to do when I talk to anybody about voice. Um, you have to really spell it out. Uh, you you just can't expect people to kind of get over that hump on their own. So, and that's the whole thing with marketing. A lot of it's about education absolutely i mean you see that in finance uh, educating people explaining things to clients and and that's such an emotional thing in the brain it's like how does this make me feel am i is this loss aversion or gain pursuit that's that's processed in the limbic system a lot of the time so voice hits right there with music and memory it's like
0: it, and it's true and you know we're we're becoming much more of a virtual world um you know amazon's paramount proof of 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 that and so when you think about some of these technologies that people are using every day it would be silly as an industry if we did not embrace it as well and and so that's that's where this is coming from is is recognizing that this is this it's going to be the way of not of the future it's the way of today and continuously will be the way of the future and we have to embrace it we can't ignore it
1: yeah so uh speaking of the future I wonder, what do you see happening with the role of technology and AI in the financial services and REA space going forward? I mean, I'm not going to say what happens in five years. That's too long. I think you once said in an interview, don't ask me about five years. There's a mental block. I can't. What about maybe two or three years from now?
0: Yeah. You know, I, and I, I, I was on a, um, the whole point of that comment was the world changes so quickly. Like we we know how quickly technology changes. Um, You know, if you think about it through history, how quickly it took the the Industrial Revolution to come to shape, and then you just think about you know your cell phones outdated in two years. Um, Technology changes greatly, so you you can't imagine that the business whatever it will be will be static enough that it'll whatever you think will happen in three years will or, or will will be the same as what you envisioned it. So I see AI continuously being embrace but not at the rate in financial services as it would be in other industries is again we're slowly opening up to ai in in industries i think what happens is there has to always be that early adopter movement and at sanctuary wealth we're trying to be that early adopter because it is a copycat industry and so we're hoping that by embracing ai and 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 the role of voice and other technology here will be will be setting the trend for the start of a movement. Um, it seems to be that things happen in in you know what about ten year periods, but that's that's just me from my my vantage point in financial services. So we're hoping that we'll we'll accelerate that trend a lot faster um, as we continue to grow to be the leader in it. But I think AI um, for some people can almost be a bad word because uh, it's not the way they do things but uh, and i'll use a sports analogy is that you know you talk about sort of like baseball not a huge baseball fan but they talk about analytics in baseball and how it changed the game i think ai has the same sort of opportunity in financial services to change the financial services game in regards to interacting with clients and how to do business in a better way it just has to be embraced and it t- usually takes some some startup, smaller firm, startup meaning not necessarily in size, but startup firm in regards to their thinking, to go ahead and change the way that information is gathered and information's used to to be the leader, and that's what we're hoping to do at Sanctuary Wealth.
1: Mm, sounds like a plan. I think making a higher the CxO role and rolling out voice so quickly after you've just been there since I think it was July, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's the startup mentality, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure.
1: So I wanted to ask you a bonus question. I mean, we've talked a little about Amazon here. You've been a CEO. What's your opinion on Jeff Bezos as a CEO?
0: Wow. You know, um, I think it was a, right right around the holidays. Had some downtime, and um, I'm not sure how it came across one of my news feeds, but it was one of uh, Jeff Jeff's first interviews um, and I knew it was because uh, you know you could just you could just tell how like being in the industry and, and doing what he's done has has uh, had an impact on you both physically and emotionally but uh, and I mean that with sincere respect but it, it, what was really amazing about him is what you, when you listen to him from when he first started Amazon is he's been very clear. About the direction he wanted to go and his thoughts, and so the thing that I admire most about him is that there's a consistency into what he does, and there's a conviction into what he does. And you know, you hear this a lot around you know, it take you know the the failures that are along the way that that people have on their road to the path to success. Um, he truly was an innovator in what he did, and I think as he'll continue to be an innovator because he recognizes that part of the part of the success of being a leader is not being, is not to waver is being unwavering in your conviction and understanding that there will be a lot of no's, but if you're resolute in what you believe, there'll be an opportunity for success. And so I admire that um, about him. I I do believe that there's additional industry that will continue to come. And I, and I see Amazon being a, a sort of supermarket in the sense of you know, it will cross over into other places that we can't even possibly imagine at this time. You know, there's a reason why people talk about some of these industries that have nothing to do with what Amazon does today and Amazon, because somewhere there is a think tank within that organization, whether that's, I don't know, healthcare or even financial services. It's not hard to believe that they will be engaged in some way when you think about just the size of those two industries and what it could potentially mean to a firm like Amazon, if they can crack a code in figuring out how to deploy that. I mean Amazon web services. Who would have ever imagined that was a business. Um and it's a it's a phenomenal business. So I think there's other things to bring to the table and um you know the way Jeff Bezos approaches his thinking and and and, and goes about things is is admirable.
1: Oh yeah, there are probably think tanks within that org that we have not even imagined. Um I could see just put Amazon in front of basically any and just amazon dentist, amazon plumber, amazon advisor. It could all <laughs> happen. Feasible.
0: A <laughs> 100%.
1: I love it. So all right, I'd love to fun have a good,
0: And by the way, I'd love to have a reliable plumber. So Jeff Bezos, if you're listening, that'd be great.
1: <laughs> well, I guess it, there is. it's Amazon Home Services. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, podcasts. You're into voice. Uh, you've been on podcasts before. What kind of podcasts are you into lately? Maybe there's an individual one you've heard that you would recommend.
0: Yeah. So my favorite one I started listening to over the holidays is um, Everything is Alive. And um, I want to make sure I get the, the host name right. It's uh, Ian Chalog. And it is, it's really a, a funny, sort of amusing. You know, I was looking to kind of you know, de- uh, unplug a little bit, decompress from, from work. And, and Everything in Live is basically an interview show in, in which Ian interviews and his subjects are inanimate objects. <laughs> so, <laughs> so everything from a stethoscope uh, to a newspaper to there was uh, the most recent one was a bonus episode of the magic eight ball and if you're not sure if you like it, it's a real short one it's only about like eight minutes long but he interviews the magic eight ball and as uh, for those of us who are familiar with the magic eight ball we know that the magic eight ball only has a certain number of responses so it becomes an incredibly funny um, in- in engagement with uh, the uh, magic eight ball worth listening to
1: Wow. Well, that sounds great. I've never heard of it. I'll definitely add that to my list. And we will have everything we mentioned in the show notes at beetlemoment.com slash podcast if you want to find links. Uh, And also, Amit, let people know where they can follow and connect with you.
0: Thanks. So you can follow me on Twitter at AmitTalksFinService. Also, that is uh, where you can find me on LinkedIn. And obviously, if you'd like to know more, we're at SanctuaryWealth.com.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Amit.
0: Emily, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
1: When it comes to podcasts and voice platforms like Alexa and Google Assistant, are you confident that your marketing strategy is setting you up for success? I've helped dozens of clients in North America and Europe with voice marketing, and I offer private strategy consultations resulting in a customized action plan. Visit EmilyBender.com slash call to book your consultation in just a few clicks. That's EmilyBender.com slash call. <laughs>